0: This is an insurance playbook, and we're going to talk about why your insurance sales problem is not a sales problem. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Kretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. What
1: up, Mr. Craig? What up, Mr. Jason? That is crazy. How is it even possible that your sales problem can't be a sales problem?
0: I know, I know, and I that's know. what we—that's what we always think, right? Is that that um, anytime we're struggling with sales, we think, "Oh man, it's a sales problem. It's a sales problem."
1: And then, so what do we do? So, I think the first thing that that I've done over the course of my career is—is is they're not selling well. Um, we're going to run out and and really work on training them to sell better, right? It seems like right. the natural thing to do. Right. seems like the right thing. Yeah. So we get them in, we buy some kind of uh, coaching platform, get them in there and train and train and train and train and make them these, these incredible salespeople. And then what yeah. happens?
0: We're still getting the same results.
1: Same results. How's M- that Maybe possible? a little bit
0: better. Maybe a little bit, right? Slightly. Yeah.
1: Slightly. So we were experiencing this, right? We we were sitting here trying to do this. In fact, J- Mr. Jason and I, to give you a little backstory, the re- the way that we met was I was selling him a coaching program to right. do sales, right? And, and as we started building out uh, the marketing component and really figuring out what would drive the most quotes in our agency, we were at the same time trying to get really good at selling. And what we noticed was the very thing we've been talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I remember during that time, I bought a bunch of sales stuff. I was on a sales. Yeah. You always make fun of me for how much <laughs> stuff I buy, but I bought every course, every book and everything. Cause I knew that that was the thing for me and my agency. It was like, dude, I was making nothing. I think I made 60 <laughs> grand the first year, like netted around 60 grand. And I was like, locked into a $750,000 loan payment for 10 years. And I was yeah, it's like, this, this sucks. Like I, yeah. th- this, this can't just keep going. Cause um, yeah, I don't want that life. I mean, no. not that that's bad, but like, I did not want that. So, right.
1: Right. Well, and so, so when we started putting pen to paper and we're watching, we're watching these results, we, we noticed that when our people were doing more quotes, wrote more business go figure right Mm. and and we're thinking oh wait a minute so we have we have different variables that we're inputting into this thing one that's further towards the front right one that can make a bigger impact sooner and that's more quotes yeah so it's interesting trying to solve the i need to make more sales so i'm going to train them to get better at selling not look at the thing over here that actually is really going to move the needle the most, which is more quotes.
0: Right. Right. And there always has to be a through line from mm-hmm. the beginning. So the beginning would be making sure that there's enough people for them to talk to up until the end where you convert them to a client. Right? Yeah. And and it's like all the, every single touch point in between needs to be looked at. Mm. And what's fascinating, I didn't even realize this until we opened that second agency and we started selling a lot is that, and we started, you know, we had a big team of around 15 people at that time. Yeah. Crazy. And I was looking at all the different skill sets. Everybody had different skill sets, right? Based on numbers, You would say, I used to always look for people that were the best salespeople. And Mm -hmm. you could could say, oh, this person is the best salesperson. But when you look at the numbers, all the touch points and everything else, whoever followed the process, even the worst salesperson would get a very similar number. The swing point between a great salesperson and the worst salesperson, all things being equal, all the touch points being equal was a very slight difference of result, very slight mm-hmm. so it became well, it's the process rather than the person, mm-hmm. right It's the person that can follow the process that that has the um the advantage so it's more of a mental fortitude thing it's yeah. like and and that's when you and I started getting really into you know, teaching like the mindset stuff to our teams. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly so much more powerful. You, you almost, and that's where you were saying at the beginning of this, that the sales skills, Mm -hmm. the sales skills important, but all you need is a few of these like theories, right? The, The, a few of these principles instilled in your team. And then you need less tactics. If you can get them to perform consistently, and right. that's the hardest thing right
1: and in the beginning, I think it can help if you have one really good salesperson just to prove that it's doable, right because I remember like forever my my salespeople were stuck, and I mean this is before you know we opened the third and all that stuff but but um. They were stuck at that twenty twenty five. 25, like to, uh, above 25, almost impossible. Right. And right. it really, it really felt like if somebody like got to 29 or 30, it was like, whoa, they right. crushed it. And, and it was, it's all in here. Right. In we mind. probably weren't feeding them enough, enough quotes but they also didn't believe like 25 was the amount it's kind of like banisters breaking the four minute mile right nobody could beat the four minute mile because nobody could beat the four minute mile but as soon as somebody believed they could do it they did
0: yeah and now everybody beats it even you right and and if you can even take that to the agent we work with so many agencies and a lot of them come in and don't believe right as well they're like all right well let's see if this works it's like first so, off anything works if you work it anything yep. even mailers you know i think mailers are garbage i mean but it it, it they do work they it work it's going to have a higher cps that's fine if you want to yeah. pay more
1: <laughs> you know right but if you do it and you follow the process and you do it for long enough and you track and measure yeah That'll work, right? It won't work as well. I mean, you could get the same output, but maybe it's going to cost more. That's the problem, right? Like, I mean, after testing, and that's where you get right. If you can load them up with enough quotes, then now you have data. You can look at which thing that
0: I'm loading them up with the most quotes actually gets the best results. You know, the best CPS. And I would say I think you can get the same CPS with mailers. Maybe, yeah. So I I would say that the reason why you probably won't is because going back to everything that we're talking to about now, consistency and having the process, there's, it's impossible to track a lot of that and measure and, and be able to follow the KPIs. So although that you could get the same numbers and I'm sure some people do, but there's no way to monitor that so that it can be done consistently like you can do if um you know following a process of of leads coming in like like definitive leads like you know right. exactly this like these 10 people their names and everything and then tracking it all along your CRM and then following that and like there's no way that y- you can't have that level of accuracy with no. mailers unless you're tracking every single incoming call and tagging them as um as a lead and then tracking it back to the marketing material.
1: And there's, well, there's also no way to know how many people opened it, right? Right. I mean, and and that's an important detail. When you're spending tens of thousands of dollars because you need to, to get the volume from the mailer and you don't even know how many people opened it, it's problematic, right? That's like saying, I don't know how many people when I made dials actually picked the phone up. And the second piece is arguably, Well, the second piece is the next most important piece, right? Because if we don't know our contact rate, if we don't know what they
0: opened, then it's hard to make the next decision, right? And I would argue that it's like, what if it's a branding play? If you have a independent agency, sure, it could be a little bit of a branding play as well. But if you are a captive, you are promoting the captive agency. And what's crazy is they could take that material. And then call in and then the call gets diverted to the local agent and you did the marketing for it.
1: Yeah. That's bananas. It's bananas.
0: I don't want to spend money for Sam's agency down the street. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's a little tangent on. Yeah.
1: Well, that's good stuff. I think we could put a button in it because we're 1024 in. Cool. And you know what? Most people don't get a, get an audio timestamp like that. So
0: you're yes. welcome. Do us a favor, subscribe. Whatever you're listening to right yep. now, subscribe to this. And um, we have a few other subjects that I know you will be dying to hear because oh, we yeah. have uncovered some secrets that uh, we excited to share with you.
1: Yeah. If you want to hear uh, a little bit about how one of my folks is gonna is on pace for 53K this month, Maybe you want to listen to the next one.
0: Ooh. Mm. Mm. Or click below for Internet Leads Secrets. And we have a little are we is it seven dollars? Seven bucks. Seven bucks. You get a book on um everything internet leads and how to close them. Yeah.
1: Yep. It's the best seven bucks you could ever spend. That's it. And that was a gory cool